For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Wrestling with history worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. Let me fix my camera here for, for uh, our video. Uh, the voice of choice, Bruce Ford, Killer Ken Resnick, and wonderful Willie, the legend maker, Bill After. We're back from hiatus. Uh, Ken and I were here two weeks ago, but we didn't have a show last week, uh, a new show last week. So here we are together again, and so much has changed. The, the world has changed. The wrestling world has changed. Everything's changed since ah. the last time we got together. It must have been Ken going to Carolina. It really yeah. shook things up. And I had nothing to do with the increase in the variant. I had been fully vaccinated. I just want to make that clear. Although... If anyone had stockpiled masks about six weeks ago when they were as cheap as could be, they're doing really well now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. People keep asking me, where did you get your shot? And I think for a minute, I go, in my arm. Where else? <laughs> Ken, did you fly on Delta? Yeah, it was great. Uh, I, I, I flew on Delta. Uh, both of my flights, uh, going down to Charlotte and coming back to the Twin Cities, uh, we're over two hours late, uh, like what, what happened two years ago. Uh, I was supposed to be at the barbecue Thursday night, uh, got there for like the last five minutes. Uh, and the, the flight home from Charlotte was it, it, 12 hours before they sent me an email saying it was to be delayed two hours and kept delaying it, delaying it, delaying it. Then the plane was late. But everybody is all set. Then Delta realizes they don't have a crew for the plane. So we sat there uh, uh, again. But any, any, passenger, any passenger here know how to fly a plane? <laughs> I, I've lived that so many times. And uh, by the way, are you saying that your Delta experience varied? Uh, no, it was consistently bad from start to finish. There was no variance. You're not picking up. Yeah, there we go. There we what go. happened to their slogan, Delta is ready when you are? Well, one of the best things uh, uh, on social media, uh, a, a guy said, you know what Delta stands for? And you know, I had no idea. And he says, doesn't ever leave airport. The airport, there's, yeah. There's another one. Don't expect luggage to arrive. <laughs> I love Delta. I've had I've had bad, good and bad experiences. I've certainly had that the whole game that they play where they delay, delay, delay. Oh my God! There's no there's no crew. Uh, oh, sorry. We're gonna have to push you back till tomorrow. They they all do that. Southwest does it. Delta does it. American does it. United does it. They all are terrible. But my best experience has been with Delta, and I am a proud 
gold medallion member, so I can't say anything bad. As am I. As and I even I have my my card. Yeah. I, that's well, the, you, you know what the worst thing was when going down. You know, they sent me an early morning email that the flight was already delayed over two hours, which I knew was going to make me late uh, if I was able to get there at all for the barbecue. So I wanted to I called Delta at like 715 in the morning to try and switch flights so I could get there. Uh, and I called the, you know, one 800 number and it said your wait time is three hours and 47 minutes. Mm. Yeah, you know, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, but I've, I've got, this is a funny story. You guys will get a kick out of it. So I, I get to Charlotte and I get there for like the, the last 10 minutes of this just fabulous barbecue they had. And a lot of the fans had left, but some of the talent was there. And, you know, I just left my bags right at the entrance. I didn't even check in, went right down to the barbecue. Uh, and who spots me right away? Tony Atlas, who... Oh. You know, I worked with an AWA, WWF, you know, I hadn't seen him for decades. And he comes running over, gives me a big hug. And he says, I can't believe I can't. You have not changed a bit. You look incredible. I can't believe it. And he's going, you know, on and on. I said, Tony, you really going to get your eyes checked? He said, no, seriously, you look incredible. It's so great to see. I can't believe how great you look. And then some other, uh, he calls someone over that was a friend of his. He says, hey, I want to introduce you. This is Tommy Young. <laughs> <laughs> you do went, look like him. Well, yeah, that's who he thought I was. And I said, Tony, who are you talking? Tony, what? Tommy Young? And I, I said, Tony, I'm Ken Resnick. And then he gets this like look on his face like, oh, I got. And for the next three days, every time I saw him, I was like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I can't believe I did that. <laughs> I've, got, I've got to jump on this. At my wedding, we had invited uh, Mr. Wesson, the publisher of the magazines, and Luthez and his wife, because they were very close friends of mine. Mr. Weston says to me, he's at the same table as Luthez. He says to me halfway through the wedding, I can't believe that you have Paul Bosch the best promoter in the world sitting next to me, my oh, old friend, boy. Paul Bosch. And I said, Paul Bosch isn't here. He's sitting next to me. I said, that's Luthez. <gasps> He's been calling him Paul Bosch all night. <laughs> and Lou was kind enough not to say anything. Correct. Correct. Wow. wow. Well, Ken, why we're on before. So, so by the way, today is going to be, we're going to do a, relatively quick show we're going to recap the gathering which uh if you were if you're a wrestling fan and you weren't in north carolina i've seen the pictures i've heard some stories from the fans you got to make sure that you're there if there's a world next year and it's open you should be at the gathering so let's hope that that happens what uh, a great all, actually, actually our friend martin demano has already announced the date um it wow. starts i think thursday august 4th uh 2022 uh, and he has promised it's going to be even bigger and better than it, than it was uh, this year. And I mean, it was fabulous. We can get into to some of the things that, that occurred and that Martin arranged for and, and how the other talent uh, views, you know, being a, a guest at the gathering. Well, let's get into that in a little bit. And we'll be on the Zeta variant by then. So uh, we can't wait till that happens next year. And I want to get to some listener question. And, and it'll probably take us the, the duration of the show between those two things. Because 
of these six questions that came in no, and no, comments, no. duration wasn't there it was demolition that was there right duration. Yes. yes and good to see bill Eadie's in in good health i had heard some mixed things so nice to see him in, in some pictures but there's a lot going on in the pro wrestling world and people want the opinions of you two for whatever reason not me of course so we're going to get into that let me by the way you you know people watching this on our youtube channel yeah doesn't bruce Wirt look like he's turning heel you really oh look at that face every yeah. summer i turn heel <laughs> oh let's see that's scary unquestionably get off what, my lawn what, bill i i don't understand what do you mean by look like he's turning heel i think he's there <laughs> well the look though has improved the attitude was there the look has improved for every fan letter that conrad thompson gets i get five pieces of hate meal I mean, hate, hate mail hate meal yeah all right let me take a quick break we'll get that out of the way we'll come back and get to your questions then you can tweet us at voc nation or you can send an email to bruce at vocnation.com we'll get to those on the other side right after we pay the bills wrestling with history worldwide in the voc nation wrestling network VOC Nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain. Follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Bill After, The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, Ken Resnick, The Maestro, Shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit VOCNation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation. All right, wrestling with history on VOC Nation. We got a bunch of questions that came in. I picked six because I think that some of these will carry a long-form discussion. And I want to start with, uh, well, there's a, there's a couple that are very topical. Let me start with Ron in Tulsa, our old friend in Oklahoma. And this is probably the least impactful, no pun intended, of some of the current news that has taken the wrestling world by storm. Ron says, please tell me that we won't see a Ric Flair sting cinematic rematch 33 years in the making <laughs> so rick flair was released from his wwe contract a couple of days ago and requested think, it he requested yeah, but it i think ron figures that he might end up in aew and do we do we want to see two um elderly gentlemen getting together for one more match brother uh 33 years later it's not going to happen because Ric Flair, um, if he winds up in AEW, my opinion is physically he can't uh, do a wrestling match. I, I mean, in terms of uh, things that uh, he had medical issues with years ago. Uh, if it's a cinematic match, possibly. But here's what I think. If Ric Flair goes to AEW, this is what I think would take place. Tully Blanchard's got his group, right? Arn Anderson's got his faction. Ric Flair's got to get his faction. And I think it'll be a, maybe a faction war of the horsemen. That's what I would think if Ric Flair went there. And Resnick? I, I agree with Bill in that I, I don't think uh, Rick would, you know, get in a match again. 
uh, certainly for health reasons, but uh, I think hopefully you'll, you'll both agree that Rick uh, has given so much of himself to the business. I think Rick is someone, and I'm not casting any aspersions against anyone else, but I think Rick is one of those that has so much respect for the business, what the business has done for him, that if Rick didn't feel physically he could put on a good match, he wouldn't do it. So I, I, I don't think there's any chance uh, for his health reasons and also the, the respect he has for the business, uh, I, I, I don't think he would do it. Keep in mind yeah. that one of Rick's biggest feuds always was with the Rhodes family, with was Dusty, Dusty. And here he goes in in a position to possibly take on somebody like uh, um, uh, one of the wrestlers who wants to go out and destroy Cody and destroy Dustin. And so there's a lot of history, wrestling with history. Wrestling like, with history. Yeah, that great name for a podcast. Uh, but there's a lot of history between Flair and the Rhodes family that could erupt. And again, there's Tully and Arn in there. And Arn is very pro Cody. Tully is very against uh, the Rhodes thing. So that's what I think would happen. I, a cinematic match, could they fake something of them in their street clothes and everything and do something? Sure. And would the fans like it? Sure. But I don't think that's what they're going to do. Do you think the fans and, you know, and, and there, there's something else to, to consider. Uh, and again, uh, I did tune in to Raw last night for as long as I could. Um, but the way suddenly and kind of what they're doing to, to Charlotte Flair, I'm just wondering if, you know, if her contract is coming up, they know who they released her husband. He's at AEW. Now her dad, you know, has been released and granted, as Bill said, and I think we, we need to, you know, we can't overstate it, that he was given his release at his request. Correct. Nick, you know, said he just wasn't happy with the storylines, how he was being used. So, you know, they're, they're you know, between Rick, Charlotte, and her husband, uh, you know, one and Flair is already there. One is a free agent and some of the ways they're using Charlotte. I mean, you know, I'm sure like Bill having, you know, been in the business, a lot of times, you know, someone would get a push or they would do something where I might say, you know, I don't agree with it, but I certainly understand why they're doing it. But more and more, it's like, I don't understand why they're doing this at all. Well, keep, keep in mind that during the investor call, that Vince said something that some people passed by and then I kind of backed up and mentioned it on a, on a video the other day that Vince was talking about, he doesn't know what their investments are, AEW in terms of talent, but maybe we're gonna uh, let them have some more talent. Yeah. So yeah, which, which means in my mind, it's not like the old Hogan days where you knew who the, you knew who the franchise champion was Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, Hulk Hogan, the ultimate warrior, all of them. Now, I think the business model is WWE is bigger than any particular name. And I think Vince's thing right now, if they want out or they cost too much, get rid of them. We're WWE. We're bigger than 
one person. Right. There, there are uh, certainly, you know, have chosen to be, you know, more the brand versus the talent itself. Uh, the, the only thing I'm a little worried about is I, I hope like WCW that, uh, you know, who basically had an unlimited budget and still figured out a way to exceed it. Uh, I hope AEW doesn't go that route. That, yeah. You know, they're at least responsible enough to, to, to stay around. Yeah. You know, you mentioned Monday Night Raw, Ken. And, you know, I've been following this business forever and I still follow it every three or four days a week in terms of the TV shows. Some of the stuff last night on Raw, I didn't know who the heck some of these people were. And it, they're not even NXT talent. They're, they're just the people with Jinder, Jinder Mahal, uh, the people with, uh, um, uh, not with uh, Ricochet, what's his name? Um, oh, the young kid. <laughs> they got a lot of young kids right, right. uh ali oh yeah. yeah so i there's just some of the people there i'm like it was almost like indie time on primetime wrestling tv there were some guys that i just didn't i look at drew mcintyre and i i followed the feud with gender but it's like it's just not, it's not there no and yet smackdown is totally different yeah, and, and I mean, that's w one of the things that, you know, back in, in, you know, my heyday and Bill, you know, when you, you were, you know, with Pro Wrestling Illustrated and covering everything, the feuds would build slow and to a crescendo where the fans would really be invested. And now, like, they try and create something and jam it down your throat and think that, well, okay, we, we did this, so everybody's going to want to see it. Yeah. And, you know, it's, it's like, you know, Drew McIntyre is, is a great talent, but he has to have the right people and the right reasons to be working with. Right. And it's just, you know. They got to fill TV time. That's what it yeah. seems to me that it's I, like. I, you know, the, the thing that surprises me, uh, especially, you know, trying to, to cut back and uh, some of the production and just cutbacks that they've made. Um, I, I don't know why they don't go back to two hours. Three hours is, is just too long. And like you said, Bill, some of the matches, you know, they get introduced and you go, who? Yeah, right, right. Yeah. Well, and then they have the NXT show. They have all the stuff that they do on the network. I, I think it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of airtime to fill. And Vince is, and that, that machine is very, they feel very good about the brand attracting fans. And, and I think that as AEW continues to attract wrestling fans to their brand, there's a pendulum that may start to swing and, and the WWE might be, uh, they might be going to uh, into their bank, you know, of, of loyalty. And that might be eroding. Like they might be relying on that bank of loyalty way too much. And I don't know, I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't know if Vince actually cares. <laughs> you know, I, I just get this feeling that he's, he is all about just selling this business and transitioning to NBC or whoever's yeah. 
going you know, to take one it. One of the things that, that I find interesting, and, and Bruce, I think you're 100% right, that when you're on top, it, it, it's hard to stay on top. But once you've been on top and lose that, it's even harder to get that momentum back. And I'm thinking back to the you know, original Monday Night Wars that once WCW was finally able to overtake WWF in, in those days in the ratings, I mean, it, it took almost a year and a half before WWF would regain that number one spot yeah. in, in the ratings. Uh, it made so, them better. It made the competition made them better. Oh, ab absolutely. But I, I'm, I'm going with all, all the changes. And, you know, it, even back then, it, it took them a, about a year and a half. And they only had one show to focus on. Yeah. Monday Night Raw was the entire focus. Yeah. If they lose it now, they still have all these other shows to worry about. And I don't know if they would have the staff, the time, and the dedication to Raw to try and regain the 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 number one spot. No, because, because you need rest you need wrestling people to do that. And Vince, the yeah. WWE doesn't believe in wrestling people controlling the stories that are going on on there. And that's a mistake. And also years and years ago, look at this. AEW is going into Arthur Ashe Stadium in Flushing Meadow Park in New York. Years ago, nobody could get a foothold at all in New York. It's the first time any pro wrestling show has ever been there. It's going to sell out 19,000 people. Can you know this? Years ago, Vince McMahon never would have let that happen, right? Well, I remember back, you know, when, uh, uh, you know, Vern Gagne, AWA, uh, Jeff Jarrett, uh, Jared Crockett uh, formed Pro Wrestling USA. Yeah. And, you know, they agreed to this just huge rental agreement to run the show at the Meadowlands. Yeah. Because the Meadowlands knew that I think once the Meadowlands ran Pro Wrestling USA, I don't think Vince ran a show there for two or three years. Correct. And it was always Nassau Coliseum, the Garden, and the Meadowlands that, you know, we would be at all three of those buildings within a, a two-month period. Uh, you know, and I like you say, not only to, to sell that amount of tickets at, you know, Arthur, Arthur Ashe Stadium, but for them to say, oh, you want to run here? Yeah, sure. Absolutely. Come on. Uh, they don't have a choice anymore because they, they turned their back on Madison Square Garden and went to the Barclays Center in Brooklyn. And I think the garden felt very smacked in the face from that. And, you know, one of the things... Smacked down. I, I worry about, because all of us, you know, love when the business flourishes, you know, whether we agree or disagree with what's going on. But as I've said, WWE has become this tremendous production house, as Bruce alluded to, all the, the, the weekly shows, the hours and hours that they're producing that if the shows continue to slip, that their focus will still be on producing the shows, 
not making the shows great. Right, content production. This well, is what they're becoming a content producer. Yeah, and maybe that's what they think their future is. They got enough video library to tell stories for for the next 30 years. Who knows? I, I mean, it's, it's not a live event business anymore to Vince McMahon, I don't think. It's all no. about production and libraries. Okay, let's move on. By the because way, regarding Peacock, regarding Peacock here, is that the WWE again puts themselves up as sports entertainment that's what's on peacock that's what's their shows aew ring of honor nwa they're pro wrestling shows that's the difference vince does not i'm going to go back to the days back in mr weston's office when he would sit there behind the desk and grimace and say mcmahon hates pro wrestling yeah, you know, I, I would have to say to to follow up, and hopefully we'll get to it. Uh, but part of the gathering on Saturday night, they had live wrestling uh, right at the hotel. One of the ballrooms has like a fifteen foot high ceiling, so it was great. They were flying off the top rope, uh, and they had both uh, the NWA men's and women's champions uh, on the card. And, and one of the other matches for an independent show, you know, I was sitting there, and I think. Uh, certainly like all of us, you know, we kind of watch it, you know, through a little different lens than a normal fan. And a couple of those matches were fabulous. I, I mean, I literally, uh, oh, sure. the people I was sitting with said, you know what, these are better than most of the matches I see on, on raw. Uh, and, you know, I'd always been a little worried about some of the independents following the, the pandemic where they'd been off, you know, a year and a half. Uh, but some of those matches were, were uh, great, uh, especially, uh, Bill, you're going to have to help me out. Uh, the NWA Women's Champion, it, it, it's, uh, uh, it, it, she goes by one name. Uh, yeah, not, not Jasmine. I know who you're talking about. Okay. Um, it's not Katrina. Um, I, know who, I know exactly who you're talking yeah. about. And, and I, I'll tell you what, I watched her match. Uh, and she is already better than a fair amount of the talent, women's talent you see in WWE. Mildred uh, Burke. Uh, pardon? Mildred, Mildred Burke. Burke. No. Uh, no, I mean, I mean, she was, you know, I, I asked Camille. her around. Camille. And Camille. Uh, Camille. Is, is, is married to um, uh, Mickey James. So Mickey James has really been working with this gal. And she had it all. I mean, she had the timing, the moves, when, when to engage the crowd, when not to. And I had never seen her. And I was amazingly uh, impressed. Uh, Nick Aldis had a match with Trevor Murdoch. I, I mean, they were really, really. I've seen some of their matches. Matches. Yeah. Keep in mind also that sometimes on Monday nights, I'm watching Raw and I'll go like, my God, this is an excellent pro wrestling match. What are they doing? Yeah. <laughs> Somebody's going to be in trouble. Really? Right. I question, like, why did you wrestle out there? Let me try to slide this thing along and, and get to, I think there's, there's three major headlines that are going on in pro wrestling today. Let me get to the second one. It's from Jack in New York City. This came in from email. I'm paraphrasing Jack because the email is a little too long. But essentially, he says, where will Bray Wyatt end up? And then he questions, and, and you know, I'll, I'll 
well, I'm not going to read it. He says, is this a work? Essentially, he, he, there's a, a narrative that Jax thinks where Bray Wyatt has been released, but The Fiend comes back. And I, I don't see that happening, Jack. I, I don't think this is a work at all. And I think Vince is banking or WWE is banking on the fact that nobody knows who Wyndham Rotunda is and he really can't do anything similar. I mean, he'd have to, he's talented, but who is he without Wyatt or the Fiend, you know? You know, once you bring him on to, let's say, hypothetically, AEW and he walked, look at um, uh, Alistair Black. He walked out, people were like, oh my God, they knew who he was immediately. Didn't matter yeah. That his name has changed. So with Bray Wyatt, if they he decided, you know, Bray Wyatt uh, was still mourns the death of his uh, friend Brody Lee. So for him to, you know, come in and maybe assume a position like that, and and all the all the smart fans know this. This is why they're so. It doesn't matter what his name is. He could be uh, he could be W R Wyndham W R the whatever what. That, no, I would just think about and and you know you said Vince. Somebody mentioned Vince in the press conference saying we can help them out with some more talent. And yeah. I think back to WCW where you know there was this parade of people leaving WWE and going to WCW. And I just think about all the miscellaneous nitros where Mike Tanay is uh, screaming, "Look, Tony, that's Brian Clark." Brian Clark, Clark is here. And, and, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's uh, Adam Baum. So <laughs> I, I just picture somewhere in America or, or around the world, Mike Tanay is saying, look, Tony, that's Wyndham Rotunda. He's yeah. an AEW. Yeah. No, I'm yeah. sure that they will come up with, a if he goes there, that he would come up with, they would come up with a, uh, a name that people will remember. But as soon as they know he's there, it's all over the internet. Yeah. It doesn't, they could call him uh, the voice of choice. <laughs> Hopefully not. I'd hate to get my lawyers involved. Can it be a mistake to let him go? Point, I, I, I have to wonder if, if, you know, Tony Khan and, uh, you know, his inner circle will kind of say. <laughs> no pun intended. Uh, when circle. We uh, take all these talents that wwe has basically said we don't really need you or you know don't have anything to do with you you know rather than creating their own at some point does that you know begin to be a bit of a stigma that you know we're trying to you know do something with you know all the cast-offs yeah yeah well you know what i i think in a case like this with an exceptional talent like Wyndham Rotunda, uh, Bray Wyatt, The Fiend. I think we, with an exceptional talent, you need to lock him up. You oh, really yeah. do. Yeah. I, I just wonder, you saw what happened with Braun Strowman. And Braun, Braun didn't get any, as far as we know, he's not headed to AEW. And there's rumors that WWE filed a trademark for something to do with Braun and he's headed back there. Could this be some way to renegotiate a deal with Bray? And, and I don't know. I think if you're AEW, regardless of the money that you've spent on the roster that's there, regardless of the chemistry in the locker room with the, you know, the group of indie talent that started AEW, I, I think that if you don't sign Bray Wyatt, 
and the name that he carries with current wrestling fans. Not You're not relying on people from the 90s with, with Bray Wyatt. You're getting the modern fan to turn the channel. Yeah. I don't know how you don't do that if you're well, you, you have to look at look what happened when they brought in uh, Nick Gage and had him against uh, uh, Chris Jericho in that bloodbath. Um, fans were Nick Gage, my God, CZW is that you just this is what they Bray Wyatt is someone uh, who was on the WWE roster who attracted the AEW type of fan, right? He's perfectly made for that company all right yeah, to, to answer your question bruce um if for whatever reason uh bray does not go to aew whether he doesn't want to go there they don't want him they can't come to an agreement or whatever uh it wouldn't surprise me i mean there's no question he's a great talent you know if, if it doesn't work out there um, if all of a sudden, you know, uh, head of talent from WWE calls Bray and say, Bray, you know, we really feel bad, you know, it just, you know, economics, you know, forces to make the move, you know, we'd love to bring you back. You know, we can't pay you X that we were paying you, but we can pay you 60% of what we're paying you. He's not going to turn that down. So, you know, it could well be, and, you know, I, 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 I think it had reached a, a certain degree of silliness that maybe a little time off and then bringing him back would probably be good uh, for both WWE and Bray Wyatt. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if, if you know, he doesn't get uh, – things don't work out with AEW for them to call him back and say, hey, we, you know, we want to bring you back, but, you know, we'll give you 60% of what we were giving you. Uh, he's not going to turn that down because you yeah, know I, I think AEW is great. Impact is is great, but they don't pay what AEW and WWE pays. However, now you just brought something up. You know, AEW has been uh, cross working with Impact Wrestling. They could shock the world by bringing him out uh, at Impact Wrestling, and then eventually the War of the Worlds, Kenny Omega versus Bray Wyatt, company company. Do Thanks. enough people know about impact to, for that to make an impact? I think depending upon, that's very clever. I think depending upon uh, who the person is going, because when Kenny Omega went there, made a pretty big smash, kind of died down a bit, but I think they can still formulate that. I, 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 or, or Wyndham Rotunda goes to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Okay. Perfect, uh, perfect match because yep. they, uh, AEW and New Japan wrestling are also kind of married. So they, they, they can formulate it. But right now, my answer would be, Bruce, no, I, I don't think enough people know about impact that it would make yeah. a huge impact. Yeah, That's why I mentioned AEW. Yes. But, you know, uh, going to impact. Um, for somebody like Bray, I don't think. No, that's why I mentioned New Japan. Yeah. Yeah. Going over there and, you know, and I mean, Japan, going over to Japan is still very, very lucrative uh, yeah, for a, a, a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and AEW brings a lot of those New Japan wrestlers over to the fans. Yeah. The New Japan wrestlers are gods, you know, and they're yeah. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh, let's... That, that would make more sense. And, and Bray 
is certainly a good enough worker where he could work over in Japan, no problem. Oh, can you see them doing vignettes of him in Japan, showing it on AEW and saying, what's this guy doing in Japan? Uh, almost like the Vader um, yeah. stuff from, from years ago. Yeah. Uh, let's lighten it up for, for two and, and great stuff, guys. And You're I think right. I definitely need to, after the last couple of weeks, need to lighten it up and go on a diet. Very lighten it up, Ken. Lighten it up. Uh, here's uh, something from Good and Plenty. And, and, and listen, I know there's there's something that's on everybody's mind, and I will get to it after we take another break. But two quick questions. Uh, this one's for Bill. Uh, Good and Plenty wants to know, was Bill ever considered for a major commentary role in professional wrestling? Not for him as a guest one, yes. I also met with uh, Vince and Linda McMahon and J.J. Dillon for a possible um, uh, job in WWE uh, with their Hall of Fame. Uh, no, I was never approached as a, a commentator. What I wanted to be, and if you read my book, is Wrestling Fixed. I didn't know it was broken. Thank you. Available everywhere. You'll find that what I wanted to be was the Gene Okerlund role. And I still want to do that. And it's not over yet. It's not over yet. Well, look, AEW is, is bringing back the classics. Didn't, didn't David Crock just get a job? Not a job. He was there doing commentary. Yeah. They're right. bringing back a lot of, a lot of uh, nostalgia. He's so, got to be uh, senior to you, Mr. After. Yeah, well, no, I think we're he and I around the same age. But you never know. Maybe I'll be presenting awards on their show at the end of the year. Who knows? Right. You just tipped us off, Ken. <laughs> Ken, uh, I, 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 there must be some. I, I got to get my number listed publicly. Maybe they can't find me. <laughs> well, you had a major commentary role, Ken. You were on prime time. Well, I mean, everybody else seems to be popping up on AEW for a quick shot. Yeah, and no, I, think, I haven't been either. So. Ken, you might, you might be considered a kid next to the people that they're hiring. That's right. All right. Uh, one more. Uh, Thanks, Bruce. I didn't think I'd ever hear me and being a kid in the you same sense again. I appreciate it. <laughs> I still got some, some, I still got a chance. I'm only 41. All we right. had, we had a young man named Kenny who was my assistant at London publishing. And uh, he used to help me with the darkroom stuff and filing pictures. And we called him Kenny the kid. So, <laughs> Awesome. There you go. New name. All right. Uh, one more lighthearted one. And we'll take a break and come back with the question everybody wants to ask Bill and Ken. Uh, this one is from Different Styles on Twitter. Did Bill interface with Vince Russo when they both ran their respective magazines? What does Bill think of the other Vince? And by the way, some of these questions came in weeks and weeks ago. Ken and I did a mailbag the last time that we were together, and I couldn't, I couldn't ask the Bill questions because they were for Bill, not for Ken. Yeah. So uh, thanks for your questions, any, any of you um, that, that uh, sent them in many weeks ago. Did you, you remember the question? This? Yes, yes, yes. Well, I wasn't sure. Sorry. It's been I'm a few weeks, going. Bill. I'm just, I'm, I'm a little bit, you know, I'm trying to get back into this. Well, you, you got it. So uh, Vince Russo and I always had a, an excellent relationship. He, Mock. Uh, huh? Mock. No, bro. We always <laughs> have had a great relationship. So uh, even when he was running the magazine at WWF and the magazines were, at that point, the magazines were the newsstand magazines were banned from uh, doing anything. 
I still spoke to Vince every couple of months or whatever, if I needed to call him and we, we talked to each other socially. So uh, what, what was the end part of the question? What was the point? What does Bill think of Vince? I have the no, other Vince, he says. Yeah. I, unquestionably, which Vince are you talking about? No, I have no problem with Vince Russo. He's a colorful cat. I love characters. He's a character. I'd have no problems not liking Vince Russo and Jim Cornette. <laughs> Stay away from that one. Ken, Jim or Vince Russo, is that somebody that you've crossed paths with in, or with in your career? No, we, I mean, we were, we're friends on social media and have exchanged some things, but never crossed paths with Jim Cornette. We could do a whole show on Jim Cornette someday. I like Jim Cornette. Uh, I do too. Yeah. I, I've uh, worked, got, got to know Jim uh, at the gathering two years ago. Uh, he kind of picked on me, you know, unmercifully for a while and then, in the end, he came up. He said, "I'm worried. You didn't think I picked on you too much." And I said, "Jim, are you kidding? It's the, it's the business. The only time you pick on people is if you respect them. If you don't respect them, you just ignore them." Yeah. You know. So uh, I, I, I like Jim uh, a lot. Uh, Jim was a photographer for our magazines. He shot one of the Lawler, Kaufman match. But Jim Cornette was asked by somebody about my book. Uh, and he says, Bill After's book sucks because he doesn't knock anybody. <laughs> you know, Jim Cornette, I, I guarantee, I'd, I'd probably bet that I, I listen to Jim and I'm very perceptive on people. You know, that's, that's uh, what I do for a living and done for, for 20 plus years. I feel like, you know, Jim's act is his act, but I know that behind that, he's probably has the biggest heart that you'd ever find on a person. Uh, that's my belief about Jim. I don't know if that's true, but he does have a big heart. He's, yeah. he's, he is, but he's very sarcastic. He loves, he's a real historian, yeah. real historian and a collector. Yep. Uh, and he's a credit to the business. I don't care what anyone says. All right. The main event on the other side of the break, we'll get to the question that everybody wants to know wrestling with history What's worldwide. What, what is it? Worldwide in the VOC Nation Wrestling Network. You'll find out on the other side. Oh, my God. VOC Nation takes wrestling fans behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Get stories and inside information from people who worked on the other side of the curtain. Follow the VOC Nation Wrestling Network podcast feed and get weekly shows from hosts like Bill After, The Raging Bull, Manny Fernandez, Ken Resnick, The Maestro, Shelly Martinez, Wes Briscoe, and more. Visit VOCNation.com for more information and follow us on Twitter at VOCNation. All right, back here on Wrestling With History. And as promised, this, what everybody wants to talk about, this is what's been on everybody's mind. I've seen it on every wrestling website. There is uh, a major, major thing happening in pro wrestling. Two major people that is ha are happening in pro wrestling. And of course, it's Martin T. Mark D'Amato and Ken Resnick in North Carolina at the gathering. Well, I, I'll get to the other two people in a second. But Ken, the gathering was last week in Charlotte. And I saw the pictures on social media. I saw your pictures on Facebook. The talent there between the, the gathering 
super ticket people and the vendor guests were it, it, it rivaled any convention that's ever been had. So uh, I know you said there's another one coming next year, but just give us the Ken Resnick recap of what happened down in Charlotte. Uh, you know, let me, you know, we'll get into it, but let me say this. Uh, and I am a, a huge booster of everything Martin D'Amato and T-Mart Promotions does. Um, I was lucky enough to, to be at the, the gathering in 2019, and I was honored that, you know, he wanted me back uh, this year. There wasn't one uh, last year. <clears throat> but after the Friday night dinner, I had the opportunity just to, to talk a little bit one-on-one -on -one with Ted DiBiase, who's such a great guy. You know, yeah. WWE Hall of Famer, one of the best heels of all time. Uh, Ted could probably do, you know, every single convention. Uh, and we were talking, uh, and Ted had also been there in 2019. Um, and he came right out and said, you know, of all the conventions of everything, this is my absolute favorite. You know, if there was, I would come back to this every year. And one of the big reasons, you know, Bill even, uh, and I was there for Martin D'Amato when we did the, the big event, uh, two years ago in New York, you know, you're at a table, you know, people come up for pictures or autographs. You get a chance to interact with them for 30 seconds to a minute. But at the gathering, everybody is staying right at the hotel. So the talent, you get a chance to run into them, you know, in the restaurant, having breakfast, in the bar at night, you know, at the, the Marty Party Live, at the barbecue, you know, there's a talent at, at every table at the dinner. Uh, and the, some of the speeches at the dinner uh, of those being honored. And, and one of the things Ted DiBiase was so thrilled about, uh, Martin D'Amato decided to honor George South, who I'm, I'm sure, Bill, you know, Bruce, I think you, you know. Yeah. He has given so much to wrestling, but he's mainly been an enhancement talent. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, he's not someone that, you know, people go out of their way to, to have at conventions or honor. A brilliant trainer, too. Good, good, good trainer. Yeah. Uh, had action, Mike Action Jackson uh, introduce him, you know, present him and, and give him the award. And, and Mike got to talk. And the emotions from those two and the, the raw emotions from Tony Atlas, you know, talking about how he was homeless and how he got, you know, into the business. And, you know, Tommy Rich was the one that presented him. And, and Steve Kern talking about, you know, what the business has done. I mean, at that dinner, fans get a chance to see a side of wrestlers they never ever see that you know wrestlers you know are, are so honored to being honored at that kind of event they really let themselves you know the real emotions the raw emotions of things that have happened to them uh come out it's just you know such a uh fabulous uh event and, you know, uh, whether it's for the fans, the talent, uh, Martin D'Amato and his team, they, they just can't uh, do enough. 
And whether it was at the Marty party live or, you know, after the bar, after the dinner, uh, as Martin D'Amato says, we're going to pick them up and put them down. And there was uh, a, a lot of uh, Heineken's consumed. But even then, the fans can come up and, uh, you know, the, the, the fans are, are so great. Obviously, you know, they're brought, you know, we're brought in. Uh, you know, I had a chance, uh, did a Q&A with John Nord, and we had the crowd just, you know, rolling in the aisles, laughing so hard for about an hour and a half. I got to do one with uh, Demolition. But the fans kind of understand how rare it is to be able to just go up and talk. But if it's not, you know, the planned photo op or planned autograph signing, they're just, they just want to talk to them. They, they don't ask for very few, try and get an autograph away from the signing or, or take a picture. It's just a, a, a fabulous event. He's doing it again. Uh, I think it's August 4th, Thursday, August 4th next year at the Hilton in Charlotte. And if you're ever uh, at all a wrestling fan and are going to attend one convention if they're the talent that Martin will be bringing in next year, it all appeals to you. I can't recommend high, any more highly. Go to the gathering because you, you can get your photos, you can get your autographs, but you will have such a tremendous opportunity over those three, four days to interact you know, with the stars and legends of wrestling. They have live wrestling. Uh, on Saturday nights, <clears throat> both the NWA titles were defended. It, it's great. I mean, it's just an, an absolute fabulous, fabulous time. So Bruce Word, if you were ever going to, you know, you know, beg, plead, or just sneak away from Amanda, that would be the convention you should go to. The day before my daughter's birthday. So I'm not Bring sure. Her. Oh, look at this. It's all... It's a full year away, Bill, and he's already no, can't go. No, no, he can bring her, and they'll have a wrestling birthday party for her. <laughs> by the way, that segment brought to you by T Mart Promotions because I'm going to peel off that four minutes and I'm going to sell it to Martin D'Amato, and uh, and he's going to he's going to pay top dollar. Marty's a great guy. I've I've seen him bring talent into a lot of the other conventions around the east coast and he's always treated me fabulously yeah and and those conventions are great and uh i'm sure the after party every night was in the the ken resnick suite as they say and and for, for me as uh you know a fan and and doing broadcasting when i was active in that circuit uh there's nothing like some of those after events and oh, yeah. just being and it's sad, so sad because a lot of the people that I got to hang out with 10 years ago have passed but um, it's an experience like no other so if you get a chance and you haven't done it do it do it even if you just do it once and save your money um, there's nothing like it all right guys wrapping it up right and spending the rest of our time everybody wants to know take a take her Dupree asked this question will the undertaker return and we'll get to that question next week. Everybody wants to know. I have two questions. Uh, they're both about the same. Thanks to Corrine and John D. I'll read them both. What do Bill and Ken think of CM Punk and Daniel Bryan jumping to AEW? And that's potentially Corrine. We don't know yet. Do they think it will happen? And uh, John D. says, will Punk and Bryan change the landscape of the wrestling industry? So, guys, first, Bill, this is 
rumored. There's a lot of smoke. Yeah, yeah. So the, the answer to this is that, um, again, they're both rumored to go be going to AEW. None of us know if this is happening. I think both of them will make a huge initial impact, and then it depends what they do with them from then on in. You can bring all in that, right? right? You, you can bring in the big, biggest star in the whole world, but it depends the road. For example, when they brought in Paul White, every, oh my God, they're bringing in Big Show. They're, they're doing nothing with him. You know, he's doing some broadcasting and all that, very low profile. I think with Punk and Danielson, they'll have matches. They got to have the right program for them. Maybe they're going to come in and they're going to be broadcasters. Maybe they're not going to come in in a pro wrestling role. <laughs> they don't need any more broadcasters. Well, <laughs> well, they do because they've got a new show starting in a few weeks now. But they right? have Mark Henry. They have the big show. They have Shivani, Jim true, Ross, David true. Crockett. But, but we don't know what roles these two would be cast in. Daniel Bryan would love to... Daniel Bryan's a classic pro wrestler, so he would love to go against some of their top talent in there, especially the Japanese guys that come in from New Japan. Uh, CM Punk, untested in a while. I'm sure if he is planning to get back in the ring, he's uh, sparring somewhere with wrestlers. So uh, yeah, they'll they'll make a they'll make an impact. But going staying on this subject. But before we close today, after. Ken gives his impression. I want to talk about a first that's happening in pro wrestling. All right. Well, I'll come back to it. Ken, CM Punk, Daniel Bryan, what does this mean for the landscape of the pro wrestling industry? Do I think Daniel Bryan will end up in AEW? I do. I mean, he battled back so hard and, and rehab. Uh, and did everything he could to be able to, to wrestle again. And, and I don't think uh, he's done. CM Punk, I mean, as Bill alluded to, it's been so long. There has been so many rumors, you know, after this many years, does he really want to wrestle again? I, you know, I don't know the answer to that. So Daniel Bryan, I would say, I absolutely think so. CM Punk, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, uh, you know, he did that one show on, on Fox and the rumors were hot and heavy uh, that he was coming back to, to WWE uh, and it just never materialized. And so, you know, I, I don't know um, the answer. Daniel Bryan, I would put probably, you know, I would guess 75 to 80 percent he'll end up there. Uh, CM Punk, I would say, you know, at best 49 percent chance. Bill, when, when does it happen? If it happens, I mean, all outs in, in Chicago, they keep talking about this event in September on TNT. Do you do something like that at the pay-per-view that, that people no. already paid for? Or do you no, save it in, as a ratings boom? In my opinion, maybe CM Punk shows up in the audience. Maybe, maybe. But you bring him into New York. You bring him into that author ass show, which is going to be on a Wednesday night on Dynamite. That's where you plant him because that's the, that's the strongest market that they could debut him in. Yeah. And again, well, we, he might not be, he might not be in the role of a wrestler. He might come out and talk for a little while. Somebody might challenge him. We don't know, but he might 
not be a wrestler. He might have another role in there. Sounds like Bill might know something, everybody, that we don't know. And, and oh, help me, help me. If, he, if they bring in another announcer and they don't bring in Resnick, I'm going to be pissed. So will I. <laughs> All right, Bill, you had something else that you wanted to get in before we close? The International Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame on August 27th. IWPHOF. Yes, in um, Albany, New York. The 26th, there'll be a wrestling show. The 27th is the induction. And the inductions are going to be incredible. And most of these people are not, of course, the people who have passed on are not going to be there, like Bruno Sammartino and several other uh, icons. Hulk Hogan and Ric Flair will not be there. They might be represented by uh, video. But the big announcement is that People have always said, why hasn't the WWE inducted Andy Kaufman into the celebrity wing of the WWE? So no one's done it. So I said to Seth Turner, the genius who's behind this whole project. Not Seth Gibbs. No. Why don't we? That's an inside joke, everybody. I said, why don't we induct Andy Kaufman? And we're going to do that. And there'll be some special guests there for that uh, for that, that induction. And, you know, people wonder, they all say, did Andy fake his death? Well, if he's around that night. <laughs> but uh, seriously, we will be they will be the first Hall of Fame to ever induct Andy Kaufman to the Excelsior Award, which is based upon someone from outside of the wrestling business who helped make a real difference in the showing of pro wrestling to a worldwide audience. I've got a a question because I I, I don't know and I'm curious. Bill, is this, there was a a pro wrestling hall of fame in uh, Wichita Falls, Texas. Is is this now moving to Albany or is this? No, no, no. This is a new hall of fame. The one that was in Albany and is now in Texas is a different company. That, oh, okay. Because I knew it was originally in Albany. I didn't know if they were moving back or not. No, this is a new, this is a new, uh, and they have not found a site yet in upstate New York for this Hall of Fame. This is the fundraising dinner. Well, maybe there's room in the WWE Hall of Fame building. You never know. You never <laughs> and know. there's one in Iowa, too, that just happened. Yeah, that, well, that's no, no, that didn't just happen. Yeah, I was inducted in there four, four years ago. No, 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 it just happened. The event just happened. Oh, yeah, yeah. The right, the National Wrestling Hall of Fame. It just yeah. happened, Bill. Our own Wes Briscoe was out. No, there. no, I know that, but I thought you meant that this is the first that it just took place. No. Well, well, it did just take place, but it wasn't the first time it's taken exactly, place. Exactly, exactly. My fi- one of my favorite. Hall of Fame plaques, and I'm looking at it in the other room here now, is from that particular, the Jim Melby Award. Ken, aren't you in a Hall of Fame? Uh, I'm in, um, kind of, I think. Uh, the, um, the Franklin Lee Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame, I think that's kind of a, a uh, internet. Um, yeah. uh, although I, I don't know, because I, I think Franklin Lee is now involved uh, and working with the Hall of Fame in Wichita Falls, uh, the Pro Wrestling Hall of Fame. So I don't know if any of his inductees, you know, were like grandfathered in somehow. (laughs) Were you transferred over to Wichita? 
right. Unlike the, the, the soccer teams, uh, you know, over in England, you know, if, if, if any of us were transferred, there was no transfer fee involved. <laughs> all right. Well, hopefully you've all learned a lot today and we've covered much of the current news of pro wrestling. So this is more like wrestling with the present here on VOC. Yeah, wrestling with current history. Yes. So this is the last time that you'll see me for a while or hear me for, for a while. I'll be gone for the next month. But Ken and Bill. Will next hopefully... month? Yeah, I got three weeks off, Ken. Uh, I, I checked with Brady and he signed my, my PTO request. No, I have a, I have a, um, I have a family trip um, that's coming up. And uh, I won't say where, because some one of you disgusting people will try to hunt me down or, you know. Oh, that's going to get you a lot of fans. There's <laughs> the heel. Yeah. Um, no, we have a family. We love you, our and... fans here at Wrestling. Ken and I love you. Right, Ken? <laughs> we love our fans. Hey, thank oh, you. our fans, yes. I thought you were talking about Bruce. No, 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 no. Oh, I love you too, Bill. I love you too, Ken. I'm on the road the third week. So, yeah, um, we'll find a, a guest host to hold down the fort. I, I know you missed us while we were away the last couple of weeks. So uh, we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. But this is it. This is my swan song for another month or so. Get get your fix of uh, Bruce and rewind it, you know, get it all in twice, three times. But uh, it's been fun for Killer Ken Resnick. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, yeah, for Killer Ken, Ken Resnick. <laughs> wonderful Willie the legend maker Bill Abder I'm the voice of choice Bruce Worth that nobody cares about guys send us out well from what you tell us the only thing I it comes to mind is that you know great old you know rock song we'll see you in September <laughs> I can do the harmony yeah. <laughs> have a good time but remember we'll see you at the matches Worldwide. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill Apter, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend, the raging bull, Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation.